Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're both wearing hoodies, which means it's chill season. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including a recap of the Indie World Showcase and more. And then on Thursday, we're each saying 10 nice things about the Wii U for its 10th anniversary, 10 years of the Wii U, Mark. Can you believe that? I cannot believe it. In the meantime, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, Patrick, I feel like it is true that we're in the chill season. You and I are both wearing hoodies. Both wearing hoodies. But I also think it's true that all year round, there's a 95% chance that one of either you or I mm. is wearing a hoodie at any time. At any time? I think you're more hoodie prone than I am at this point. That is true. Um, I, uh, I, I, I shed a lot of my hoodies at some point uh-huh. like in, in the last, like, Five years. This is a, a like a newer one. This is a newer. It's nice. Thank I like you. It. I it's, like the it, purple piping. Yeah, it's it's like black and has just like one sort of Tron line that kind of goes through the middle of it, um, in like a, a nice like neon purple. It's a good. It's, it's a, a it's good, good hoodie. It's a good hoodie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, why do we do this? Why do we wear? Why do why do we default to hoodies? I. That's a, ooh, I I don't know that I really want to. Uh, oh, you think I, you think you don't like the answer? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not sure that I'm ready for that amount of introspection about my wardrobe. Right. Speaking of that level of introspection, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You can. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, which we said together this time for sure, um, and give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You put it back up in the envelope, which I provide to you. You mail it back using postage that, again, I have provided for you. That's a perfect borrowing program. When you say these things out loud, I just cannot believe it. It's a remarkable thing. So remarkable, in fact, that we are remarking upon it right now. There are also maybe a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. Uh, you know, Same rules apply. And just a uh, uh, thing that I feel like I have to put out there every <laughs> once in a while. Uh-huh. This is not a joke. No. It's a real program. This is a real program. Both my copy of Sonic Forces and my copy of Untitled Goose Game are out in the world at the moment. Probably getting mixed up with uh, some like, you know, early Christmas presents, maybe. Right? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, pretty early for that. But. I mean, is uh, Sonic Forces being in the mail not a early Christmas present in and of itself. Mm, I didn't know where you were going with that. And then when you finally got there, I was like, yes, this makes sense. Well, here's another thing that once <laughs> I finally get there, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcast. Patrick and I appreciate it so much. We love reading your reviews. It really helps people find the show. And if you leave us a review in the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, uh, we can see it and we'll give you a shout out on the show. If you leave us a review anywhere else, we can't see it, but we appreciate it no less. And so hit us up on Twitter, send us an email, let us know somehow that you 
have shared the show with somebody uh, because we'd love to give you a shout out. We genuinely appreciate it so much when people uh, share the show. Yes. So thank you to everyone who has already done that. Here's another way you could tell us uh, that you left us a review is you could join our Discord and tell us in there. Kind of a trick question, though, because you have to let us know that you want to be in the Discord, so you already have to be engaging with us. Yeah, you can let us know that you want to be in the Discord, but keep it a secret as to why. Yes. And then spring it on us when right. you get into the Discord. Get into the Discord, say, I left a review, my name's Bill, and then log out of the Discord forever. <laughs> no, don't <laughs> no, do that, don't Bill. Do that. I'm already missing you. Um, so get in there. It's a, f- it's a great time, um, you know, ar- around the Indie World Showcase. There was a, a lot of fun chatter around uh, the Splatfest this weekend. A lot of fun chatter. People having a great time playing games and talking about them. Uh, so get in there. It is a good time. All right, Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this yeah, week? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so in we later uh, this month, no, I guess maybe next in a couple weeks, uh, we're we're going to be going on the Super Gamer Boys podcast to play and discuss the Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. So I, uh, Mark, I had a root canal this weekend. Oh my gosh! Um, so I this was Saturday morning. First thing Saturday morning, eight o'clock Saturday morning on a Saturday on a Saturday. Um, and so I got home, walked home from the dentist because uh, I walked to my dentist because it's close enough for me to walk. Um, and, uh, I got home and was like, here's what I want for breakfast. I'm going back to bed. Uh, and so Sarah went and got us breakfast. <laughs> uh, and then I stayed in bed all day playing, uh, The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. I mean, what a way to reward yourself for a root canal. Can I ask a question? How long does a root canal take? You know, I, they told me to like prepare for it to take uh, like two hours uh-huh. from like showing up to, to leaving. But uh, I got there at eight o'clock, and I let I was out the door by like nine ten. Wow! So like just a little over an hour, uh, uh, all in. Man, that is uh, quite the way to start the weekend. But hey, following it up with the uh, playing a Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Yeah, a great game that I don't really need to talk about here. Uh, we will be spending a lot of time talking about it uh, with the Super Gamer Boys in a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, I also logged mm. some time with Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Um, great timing because we had just done these Zelda intros where we talked about it. And so it was actually kind of fun to replay it. Yeah. Uh, and then realize that there's a bunch of game left after that intro. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I've also c- continued to play Persona 5 Royal. Uh, the further I get into it, the uh, this is no surprise, the more that the systems <laughs> open up and begin to make sense. And I'm still just beginning to scratch the surface. I am enjoying Persona 5 Royal. I think what I said last time still holds that I am not entirely like in love with it. But I think it's a really well-made game. And I'm continuing to enjoy my time in it. And the game continues to surprise me um, in ways that like it opens up. And ways that you interact with the world. And things that uh, characters turn into, I guess I'll say that. I oh. uh, also played a little bit of Splatoon 3. I was traveling this past weekend. And um, i got to say... like. Uh, I think it's a combination of the, I still have a base model switch. And so kind of like the uh, chunky Wi-Fi capabilities that the switch has always had. Plus hotel Wi-Fi do Ooh, not play well together. No. Uh, but I'm pretty useless in a, uh, uh, in a turf war, in a turf war anyways. But I just, one of these days, I just really want to experience a tricolor turf war. And I know people are saying they're not that fun, but right. uh, I just, I just want to experience one for myself someday. Uh, well, maybe you will. Look, this was only this the second Splatfest. 
in which I ended up not participating. Again, uh, had a root canal and was mostly like, I just need to be comforted on, but did you on cl- Saturday. And it's okay if the answer is no. But did you claim your shirt? I did not claim my shirt. Okay. Thank you for telling me that it was okay. <laughs> I, this is a safe <laughs> like a, Some space. kind of moral failing on my part. <laughs> Honestly, the video game that I played most uh, th- this last week, Mark, and I don't know if this will surprise you, but... Uh, with the um, uh, midterm elections was just doom scrolling on my phone. <laughs> like that's, that's how I actually spent most of my leisure time over the last week or so. <clears throat> last week or so. Um, although that ended up being uh, pretty good for all the for all the doom scrolling. Could have been way worse. I did also pick up God of War Ragnarok, and you really liked the last God. of I War. I really did like the the last God of War, and I am uh, you know very. I'm not very deep into the game yet. I'm maybe two and a half three hours in. Um, and I am enjoying it. Uh, uh, again, the it, Kratos is fun to control, um, and the dynamic between uh, uh, Kratos and his son is uh, r- remains enjoyable. I'm having a, a couple like I'm I'm hung up on a, a couple different just like storytelling and like presentational issues. Um, the game does just as the first game did, or the 2018 release um, does a uh, like a no cuts like a a a, a basically through the entire game. Um, so there's no point where it fades all the way to black and or it cuts to black and you just get a different like a camera perspective change, which is interesting when you see it in film um, and can communicate something very specific in film. Like I always think about um, that scene in the car in Children of Men. Do you know that scene yeah, where they're uh-huh. like ambushed? Um, and like it's really effective as a, you, you know, that you feel like the immediacy of that and like it's a... Uh, it's virtuosic, but it's also like functional, right? Um, and I don't know what the function is in in God of War. Yeah, it, it so, also makes it feel more video gamey to me. Oh, interesting. Well, you know, having not played either of them, I think it's uh, interesting that they. It feels like they've locked themselves into it as a stylistic choice, even when it may not necessarily make sense for the story yes, to be told yeah, that way. Yeah, and that that that's one hundred percent what I'm reading here. Because like I sort I do sort of get it in the first game because the first game has uh, like an immediacy, like an of the moment. You know, it starts with uh, Kratos and Atreus uh, burying Atreus's mother um, and then like just being with them through like the grief and adventure that they have after that. Um, and so like the moment to moment of like, here's what it's like to be sad here. Here's what it's like to be sad here. Here's what it's like to fight with your son here. Like all of that feels like it's very in the moment of the moment. And so far, God of War, Ra- God of War Ragnarok um, it has much like uh, bigger, more like epic aims uh, where I just don't see the same need for the like immediacy that a oneer, albeit faked, uh, act, you know, uh, attempts to communicate. Maybe it's because the Hulk and Valkyrie haven't shown up yet. Maybe when, maybe when, <laughs> maybe when Tessa Thompson and Mark <laughs> Ruffalo show up, then it'll it'll be different. And you know, if we can get. Uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Th- yeah, it was not the collector. What is he? He's the grandmaster. <laughs> oh, right, the grandmaster. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe then it'll it'll all make sense. It took me a second because there are Valkyrie that you fight in uh, the original uh, uh, God of War. Um, but in, in any event, uh, it's not a Nintendo game, so we're not going to keep talking about it for uh, uh, any more time. Those are the new releases. Let's get into the new release. No, that's what we've been playing. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. This Friday, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon I, Violet are released. I, I don't believe it. It's 
it is crazy to me. It feels not that long ago that they were revealed. Yeah. Yeah. And now here we are yep. uh, uh, on the the week that they are released. Um, Mark, have you made up uh, your mind about whether you're going to pick this one up I or not? I think I'm not going to. Mm, staying on the bench. I, I think I'm staying on the bench for this one. Uh, there's just too many other games that I am currently playing or that I'm looking forward to playing right. soon that uh, I like picked up Sword and Shield, messed around with it for maybe like 10 hours or so, but it uh, just kind of like didn't grab me enough to want to continue. And um, I think at least for now, I'm, uh, si- I'm yeah, sitting this one out. How about you? Uh, I kind of want to see what the consensus is about it when, mm-hmm. uh, when, when it starts coming out. Because like, there are always two kinds of Pokemon reviews, right? Um, one is the Pokemon obsessive, uh, and the other is like the person who's like, uh, I don't normally play these games, but I gave it a try. Um, and I want to see what those second people are like. Oh, uh-huh. um, cause the Pokemon obsessives, we live on different planets. <laughs> we speak different languages. I don't, right. you know, um, so I, I think there is a world where I end up picking it up on Friday, but I think we probably don't live in that world. <laughs> I also, okay. So, uh, I have been, I've been trying, I've been, Mark go- has been trying, I've been going out of my way to spoil myself, 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 <laughs> oh man, uh, to spoil myself. On the uh, evolutions of the three starters, because you know they've been leaking, like everything's been. Oh, leaking they're out about there this somewhere. Game. Yeah, okay. they're out there, but uh, I don't know why. I, for the life of me, cannot find like photos that make any sort of sense. I feel like everything I look at is like, oh, this like, uh, you know, like a uh, Reddit user or this person on Twitter released uh, leaked these images, and then they're like either like super zoomed in or super blurry. And uh, it's just impossible to tell what any of these things look like. Uh, yeah, I'm looking them up on, <laughs> on uh, I guess Kotaku's got, uh, got the leaks right now. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, do, they do look a, a, li- a little bit on, on the blurry side. Also, I don't know if I uh, understand all of these, exactly. all of what I'm seeing. Like, what is happening? I don't know. Um. So, but I'll, I will be interested to if you got one, Patrick. Yeah. If you end up picking it up someday, are you a Scarlet or a Violet? You know, that's a great question. Which one is the uh, is the future motorcycle? Aren't what? Aren't they both? No, one of them is. So one of them is like a uh, like an old fashioned motorcycle. Oh, okay. And the other because they. Because there's the uh, Miraidon and Koraidon, and one of them means like ancient, and one means like of the future. I am super impressed. And just like the uh, uh, the uh, the trainers, um, or not the trainers, but like the the uh, the like professor characters. There's one that's like a cave cave woman, and the other one is like future man. Okay, so I am looking at Miraidon and Koraidon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how yeah. do you tell which one is? old and which one is new okay so uh the the orange one the 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 the, the red one uh-huh is like he's got like a wheel on his, on okay. his chest right so that's like the, oh. that's like the classic motorcycle uh-huh and then the the purple one i think the coridon uh it's got it like also a, has a wheel on his chest yeah but it's like a hover wheel it's, <laughs> okay you know what i mean it's, oh it's, sure it's, like it, a mario kart 8 deluxe thank you like a hover wheel yeah i buy it um so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well this one this one feels the most like uh uh I don't know when it was like sword and shield, like sun and moon. It felt like you were like divining something about yourself. Right. 
based on what you chose. Well, and so I think I want the one of antiquity. I uh, think I want uh-huh. the 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 old fashioned motorcycle, and I think I want the 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 caveman lady to uh, like <laughs> t- tell me what to do. I think I think that's what I want. But I, w- which game is that? Probably Scarlet. Probably Scarlet. Probably Scarlet. Uh, and then Resident Evil Three oh, yeah. Clouded uh, Clouded Digital. Uh, edition is released on Switch eShop this Friday as well. Uh, yeah, I have a copy of that on um, the uh, PlayStation 5. I should play it there. All right, Mark, let's close out the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, we've been talking a lot about the Disney movies of the night, the Disney animated films of the 1990s. Um, this is from Disney Animation, so like none of the uh, you know, afternoon uh, Disney afternoon movies uh, are included here. We uh, we ranked villains. We ranked uh, cute animal sidekicks. Now we're going to rank rank the music or songs from uh, these same ten movies. And I think all of them have again. It's the rescuers down under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan. I think all of them have songs. Except for the rescuers down under. Right. So I may move right now again to just eliminate rescuers down under from this list. Harsh. <laughs> what, uh, what what can you tell me about the music from Rescuers Down Under? Okay. Uh the opening mm-hmm. of the Rescuers Down Under is very cool. I don't know if you remember it at all, but it's basically like there's like Didgeridoo. <laughs> yes, there is, but it's like um, all like little like insects crawling through the grass and like and then it uh, kind of like pans up to this plane mm-hmm. in the Australian outback with all these uh, what look like like flowers. Um, and then the music kicks in, and you're like zooming through the plane. Right. This into, is that early computer animation. Into, yeah. And then it, uh, you know, like finally, like, uh, like closes in on the house where the main character lives. It's very effective, but I agree with you. Like, st- uh, how do you compare it to this, like, the Broadway style songs? Right. Of um the other entries so here's what i'm gonna suggest okay um because we're gonna be like pitting songs against other songs here i feel like we should just pick an individual song to represent each of these movies okay i like that and then we'll run them against each other and likely run out of time before we even assign the song to each movie so for uh beauty and the beast uh i think you gotta go with the opening song right Uh, like the town song yeah there goes the baker with his tray like always over Beauty and the Beast or Be Our Guest? Oh, Be Our, be our Guest. Is, okay, Be, be our, our Guest, guest is, is the way to go. Okay. It, it it couldn't be Beauty and the Beast is is all I... It can't be Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I, you know, we don't have time we don't to have find time out, to why, you, out why you hold that uh, <laughs> belief so strongly. <laughs> um, but I won't challenge it. Okay, so Be you. Our Guest. Um, Aladdin, I'm going to say uh, Friend Like Me, the genie song. Ooh. So are we going for like all the like fun, upbeat ones? I Not necessarily... I mean, maybe. But I just... I feel like that like is uh, maybe a whole, a whole new, new world, world is it like, yeah you're right you're right that's okay, that's right. a more honest um more honest assessment there. yeah uh this one might be trickier what about lion king so the pop hit of course was can you feel the love can tonight? you feel the love tonight but in the context of the movie uh kind of bad 
Yeah, I think Circle of Life. Also I think Circle is of Life. Arguably, yeah. Okay. And all just like as a musical cinematic moment, they end the f- movie with it and they begin the movie it's with it. It's very good. Like there's no beating it, and they no, know like you have to start good. it this way. You have to end it. The boom, <laughs> the Lion King. It's so good. Uh, Pocahontas. Color of the Wind. It's got to be color. I think color, so. Colors of the Wind. Uh, I Can you paint with all true. the colors of yeah. the wind? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good song. Um, Hunchback of Notre Dame. What is the name of that of like the song? There is one, right? Well, okay. There's Out There, uh-huh. which is the song that Quasimodo sings, like his like I want song. Right. Um there's Does one of the songs actually uh, involve the like the choir uh, the like oh you know there's like yeah, I think th- that's kind of like the motif that goes through the through entire the whole thing. thing. But like the bells of Notre Dame is yeah. what opens it and it's kind of like telling the story and the uh jester character um you know straight up says like who is the monster and who is the man which is kind of the uh the whole thesis of the it's a little on the nose Uh, yeah i think it's got to be out there then okay uh hercules um go the go the distance gotta be go the distance uh mulan reflection gotta be reflection uh tarzan uh, here's here's the thing. Well, it, and Tarzan is uh um Phil Collins. Phil Collins, right? Uh, and what's the what's the name of that song? Uh, oh no. Oh, I no. guess we'll never no, know. I guess, I guess. Okay, there's a couple of them. Is it? Wait, do we do we want to end or do we want to suss this out? I, we want to suss it out. Okay. We gotta. We. I mean, we're not gonna rank them. We're so far over time already. Yeah. What we did definitively determine is that Beauty and the Beast cannot. And represented not. by Beauty and the Beast. That's right. For reasons that will never be explained. No, never, never, never. Um, Tarzan. So there's uh, You'll Be in My Heart. That's which the one like, I meant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Is that the one that he won an Oscar for? I Ooh. think he was definitely nominated. Yeah, definitely nominated. I don't know. End of the 90s. Oop, I deleted the whole thing. So <laughs> best to just move on. <laughs> Uh, just, uh, You'll Be In My Heart, uh, plays nonstop in the, uh, Tarzan treehouse. Which I am sad to say is gone. It's gone. Yeah. Now it's a Swiss Family Robinson thing. Yeah. Which, okay, whatever. And Reflection, uh, is a very good song. It makes me cry. All right, Mark, uh, let's, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. Let's get into the news. So, last Wednesday, November 9th, Nintendo held an Indie World Showcase presentation a little earlier than they usually hold it. Generally, the past couple of years has been in December, but in November this year. Um, we're going to recap it in our usual style, though maybe a little faster, just so we can get to a couple of other news items without this being like a three-hour episode. Right, unless th- you want us to be doing three-hour episodes. I don't. I don't think people want that, right? I don't. I don't, I don't think that's people a want that's that. a pretty big commitment. And also, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but before we uh, dive in uh, to this uh, presentation, how did you feel about it as you were watching it, Mark? I thought, you know, I thought it was nice. I guess, for lack of a better word, because I have zero expectations really with these indie world showcases. There are like titles that uh, I'm interested in. Like, you know, it's been a while since we heard. A, uh, an update on sports story, you know, until this right. point. Um, what what is the one? Uh, sea of Stars. Sea is of that Stars. One? Yeah. Keeping an eye out for you know, always. like that one. We didn't hear anything about, but you know, otherwise, it's kind of like uh, I think there are some nice surprises in here. There are some games that I wish I had time to check out, you know, or like that just seemed fun or relaxing to play. 
And so I think it's always interesting. I am deeply, deeply curious how these things are curated and how Nintendo finds like the developers to feature and how what like guidance they're given for their um like pieces in it and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, and also like what they ask them for and then what they do with what they're given. Like, you know, do the the Venba developers, did they uh send like 30 minutes of footage and they were like, we are gonna trim this down to, you know, 40 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole like production of an indie world showcase. Yeah, fascinating. I'm so fascinated in. But yeah, I, I thought it was nice. How about you? Uh yeah, I mean I actually um I usually feel pretty up on these things. Um, cause there's always, there's always a couple examples of like the kind of game that I like to play, especially out of like a, an indie showcase where like, there's going to be one like retro style, eight bit platformer of some kind, like there's going to be one in there. Um, and we didn't really, really get that here. Um, uh, so I, I think this is probably like among the full indie world showcases, maybe among my least favorite, um, but I, I harbor no ill will towards it or the people who are excited about the games uh, herein. I just wasn't particularly uh, moved by uh, the set of games. Well, it was a 26-minute presentation hosted, again, by Mariko and Tyler. Opens with the now standard. And I just have to... At what point do we stop doing this? Where it opens with, like, the white card with black text, you know, that says, due to COVID-19... Um, things might be delayed or not. I don't, you know, it's really long, but basically it just says like things might be delayed. But at this point, it one just kind of feels unnecessary, and two, games are delayed all the time. Yeah, in the before times, in 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 the now times. I mean, I feel like this is just a new thing that's on all of Nintendo's materials. It it, it either could go away in twenty twenty three, and like that's the cutoff, right? That uh. At that point, they're like, we don't need the messaging anymore. Or it stays forever. Like, and it could I, it could go either way. I feel like it's the exact same thing as the Advance Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp, where it's like, mm-hmm. they could release that tomorrow, or it could never come out. <laughs> like, either, either avenue seems just as likely. What do you think? I, yeah, that would be interesting if they were like, okay, we're going to, 2023, we're going to stop doing it. But that means that this Indie World Showcase has it's, to have it. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like uh, it is just a given in the world. Right. You know, I just don't know why they feel the need or desire to keep uh, it in front of all their presentations. Yeah. I recently watched something that uh, had a disclaimer at the beginning of it that said it was filmed before the pandemic. And that's why people aren't like adhering to like distancing or uh, masking guidelines. And here at the end of 2022, I'm like, Oh, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. It didn't make sense to me. Side, real sidebar, quick sidebar. sidebar. Yeah. So I was in uh, the Chicago airport over the weekend. We're getting through this so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We had such high hopes. I was in the Chicago airport this weekend. Um, I just forgot to talk to you about it beforehand. Right, right. So, so that's why I got to do it now. Right. Uh, and they were playing. So I think CNN like airport doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Um, you but, were in O'Hare. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was in O'Hare. But they were playing... Talking to a Chicago guy here. <laughs> they were playing, like, uh, CNN airport things, but from had to have been 2020. So everything... What? Yeah, so everything that they were playing was like, oh, here are these people who, like, in lockdown are 
uh, doing the Everest challenge by walking up the stairs in their home, you know, like every day until they are making it to base camp. Or here's a family in central California who built a Target and a Starbucks for their kids in the backyard because it's their favorite shows. And it makes them feel normal. It was so bizarre. That is so weird. And it made me feel like uh, sad. Be- and, like, weird a little bit because, it like, uh, it was just such a weird specific moment in yeah. everybody's lives. And it is so weird that it's just this little, like, time capsule that is just playing at gauge eight, gate H9 in the air. Yeah. yeah. It was so weird. Man, it would it would be wild if, like, in the future there was just a channel that played you know, the 12 months of programming from, from like April, 2020 to, uh, March, 2020. Oh yeah. Like on, on YouTube, how there are like, uh, uh, channels or videos that are like, watch the Titanic sink in real time. Yes. And basically it's like, okay, from, yeah, it's basically the same from thing. like, fe- from like February 8th or whatever of 2020, yeah. we're just going to play CNN in real time. For like the next two months or something. That's torture. You <laughs> you could torture someone with that. Okay. All right. Talking about games. the presentation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, first game up, Venba, releasing spring 2023. It's about an immigrant mother and her family coming to Canada in the 1980s, and it's described as a narrative cooking game. Uh, the devs in their video say that the these stories of like immigrant families are often told from the point of view of the kids. But as they got older, they thought it'd be interesting to tell a story like this from the parents' perspective. Uh, love a cooking game. Uh, cool to see one with like uh, a perspective, like a point of view uh, about itself. Um, seems like a cool little game. Yeah, cool art style. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about it feels very. I, I feel like this is true of like a lot of these games. And uh, speaking of the pandemic, I do feel like some of this is a reaction totally. to that. But uh, there are so many games that are based on this idea of like comfort and being cozy and just finding mm. you know like your place your space a place that you can just kind of like relax yeah well and i mean it's always sort of a uh, a hallmark of an indie game but that it feels personal mm. that it's like there, there's a specific perspective trying to be expressed and, and venba is certainly that um next up was goodbye world coming out in november 2022 it's a story of two friends trying to trying to develop a new game together you uh, play through their first uh in in universe game a retro platform puzzler uh while watching everyday struggles uh they have part-time jobs can their friendship take the strain uh seems very autobiographical <laughs> yeah talk about a personal game yeah yeah it was like oh what was this put together by two friends making a game together <laughs> that were struggling a lot maybe working part-time jobs and uh not sure if their friendship could, could take the strain yeah so uh you know very uh, hilariously depressing is what it says here in our notes and i will i will back that up uh up next was have a nice death releasing march 22nd 2023 on switch i believe this is on pc and possibly other platforms uh, I think this looks really fun. It's like a 2D action roguelike where you play as Death, uh, CEO of Death Incorporated, who you're like battling burnout. The art style is, I feel like, kind of like Rayman Legends, that sort of like painterly animated style. Yeah, almost to looks it. like kind of like cut out. Yeah, with yeah. really like kind of like fluid animations. I we're both I... we're both trying to show the animation style to each yeah, other. Yeah, it just looks like we're dancing the robot really poorly. Yeah, that's right. Or like we're one of those like five person Michael Jackson puppets, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
<laughs> I do know what you mean. Where they're like on sticks. Yeah, it's usually and... one person and they're five, five puppets. Yeah, yeah, or one person and four puppets. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I don't know. You may have seen one with five puppets. I didn't. I'm just saying, I didn't. I'm just Why would I have seen that? <laughs> I'm just describing the ones that I've seen. Uh, well, the one that I saw, the the real person was Pinocchio, so it technically was. Five oh, I, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, have have a nice death day. This looks it looks like a lot of fun. It has good reviews on Steam. Um, yeah, coming out March twenty second, twenty twenty three. Now you just said have a nice death day, but it's just have a nice death. Oh right, have a nice death day. Is that the horror movie from like the slasher I, flick? From I think it's just called Happy Death Day. Oh, Happy Death Day. But Got it may it. just be called Death Day. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's Happy Death Day. Also, just want to point out mm-hmm. March twenty March twenty twenty three is really popular. You have have a nice death on March twenty second, twenty twenty three, and then like another game on this list. I think comes out the twenty third of March. Uh, so. uh, uh, Oni, the uh, road to the mightiest oak comes out March 9th. Okay. So I feel like there was another one, but uh, you we'll, know, get we'll, we get we'll hit, there. We'll get there when we get there. Uh, next up is Akka uh, on December 15th. Um, it, it's a, uh, you'll have to actually help me remember, but they, they, I remember they were, they were talking about like hand drawn, um, like Disney style animation. Yeah. So they talk about like, they are really passionate about the, like traditional animation, like that hand-drawn style, mm-hmm. and they had, that they had both worked uh, in feature animation before, and so they wanted to kind of bring the uh, feeling of those uh, movies into a video game. And it's called a it's a small open world game, which I think is a really interesting uh, kind of like moniker. It reminds me of uh, oh yes, I'm remembering this better now. Um, slash looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it reminds me of what was an. There was another indie game that I think released during the pandemic that I would also describe as kind of like a small open world game. Uh, you played as like I think it was like a little bird. Um, oh, a short hike. A short hike. Yeah. When they when they call this a small open world game, it made me think of a short hike. Uh, but you have one goal: is to find inner peace on an isolated island paradise. Uh, you're you play as the retired warrior Akka, who I think is like a a, a fox. And there are giant capybaras, these funny looking like dragons and baby dragons. It, 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 they, you know, the devs, they talk about wanting to create this really inviting world. And it definitely does look very yeah. inviting. To, very cute. Very, yeah. The very warm. Ca- character designs are really fun. Um, next up is Pepper Grinder coming out sometime in 2023. Um, this is uh, being published by Devolver Digital, um, and it's uh, it's like a drilling kind of platform uh, looking game where you are like aiming a drill at spaces that you can actually like cut through, and uh, you know whether you have to kind of dig in a direction that like gets you under the lava or you know through a forest or something like that. It 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 seemed. Look, I've been playing a lot of digging games lately, and so this one seemed uh, up my alley. Yeah, and you it looks like you can get different uh, kind of like uh, accessories mm-hmm. for your drill to have different abilities. Do you know what the movement kind of reminded me of, at least in the video, was uh, Yoku's Island Express? Oh, interesting. I mean, th- there's definitely that like... Uh, that sort of like wide perspective on on the map where like you can see a bunch of it and then have to like figure out and it how just to kind of feels like it's it. like momentum yeah you know with like yeah, the drill yeah. bit like oh you're gonna like drill down and then up to get momentum to like drop uh jump over something so i i don't know i i it definitely devolver digital has such a specific way of making trailers like it definitely felt like a devolver digital yeah, published totally. game 
next up is Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly, coming out spring 2023. Um, that could be March. <laughs> uh, it's a, a sequel to the original Coffee Talk. So, you know, it's a uh, sort of narrative-based game where you're a barista working in a coffee house for um, mythical creatures. Um, and so they come in, they tell you their problems, and uh, you give them the right cup of coffee, and then they're happy, or uh, their problems go on. I've, I've not actually played the first one. Uh, neat to see this series continuing, that they got enough success with the first uh, to make a second. Yeah, and this is another one that uh, I totally think of when I think of like cozy games. They talk yeah. about having like a lo-fi beat soundtrack, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all uh, kind of my favorite atmosphere in games, you know, like a rainy. It's rainy. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I've had the original Coffee Talk on my Switch eShop wish list forever. Never picked it up when it's gone on sale. I, I saw that coffee. the first Coffee Talk is for Nintendo Switch online subscribers in Japan, the oh. game that's available to them now, um, how they have that kind of like trial program. But uh, uh, not in the U.S. so far. But hmm. uh, yeah, like you, happy to see it get a sequel. Uh, Oni, Road to the Mightiest Oni, like you mentioned, March 9th, 2023. This one has like a cool cell-shaded look. You play as a vengeful demon warrior uh, out to become like the best demon warrior after you've been uh, humiliated by a hero of myth. And it's a 3D action game where you control two characters they said with one joy con but it's not clear to me if it's one joy con each or if you i didn't understand this one either uh, but it just then didn't they also say that like it'll like it challenges your there's like something weird about the way you're controlling them with one joy con yeah just the way that they described it stressed me out me too because looking at the game i was like oh this is for me i like this and then the controlling two of them with one joy con uh, had me going. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> let's 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 simplify this a little bit, please. Yeah, maybe there will be like a demo or something. I mean, uh, check out and see before it comes out in March next year. Next up is Desta: The Memories Between. Early uh, coming out early twenty twenty three. That could also be March. Um, uh, this is from the creators of Monument Valley. Is this the uh, the Netflix published game? No. So this is. Oh wait, I don't know possibly i'm gonna look it up but uh well yeah would it be a netflix published game if it's showing up on switch yeah possibly okay. um uh but it is a a a, a roguelike um uh it, it's odd right because it's uh it's pitched as like you are solving like relationship problems uh, in your sleep in it's your like, sleep through like a, a ball game of some kind yeah which ki- it's like turn the turn-based combat but it's with almost like a dodgeball-esque mechanic. Um, it looks really interesting. I don't think I really understand or have come to grips with exactly what it is. Yes, yes. But uh, it is not published by Netflix. Um, but the, uh, the the thing that it reminded me of almost immediately was um, Catherine, um, which is a, you know, a narrative game where you are less working out relationships and more just like figuring out what's going on in this guy's head as he uh, cheats on his one girlfriend named Catherine with two other girls named Catherine. Um, uh, and what ha- how you work that out is through these puzzles that like happen while he sleeps. So a similar like relationship between gameplay and narrative, uh, but maybe totally different. But, but a, uh, a strong pedigree coming from yes. the creators of Monument Valley. Mm-hmm. Up next is a Space for the Unbound, released in January 19th, 2023. This takes place in 90s rural Indonesia, and you follow high school sweethearts 
what through what the uh, uh, narrators describe as a journey of self-discovery. It's a slice of life simulator. Plus, there's some like mind-reading supernatural element where these kids are also facing the end of the world. Well, I mean, come on. It's the 90s, which means they're reading X-Men comics, which means <laughs> they can read minds and the world is coming to an end. But like you said, I feel like, you know, uh, this is another indie game with a very, like, specific um, point of view or, like, story or experience to tell. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, uh, spring 2023, uh, could also be March, uh, is uh, Dordogne, um, which is uh, a, a game where you are playing as... Uh, a, a woman both as she's like a young adult and as a child and it's got these gorgeous like watercolor sort of graphics and it looks like you're taking polaroids and like i don't really know what the moment to moment of this game is but i want to spend time in it yeah the the like developer video for this one is this french man who i would say is like in his 50s you could say frenchman <laughs> it was in his like 50s um and mostly what he's talking about is like the feelings that he's trying yes. to evoke and with through the art style like the graphics are incredibly beautiful but just the premise that they describe which is a young woman in search of memory she has mysteriously forgotten plus there's a polaroid i'm like dude you just did memento yeah i'm and I, but okay but like non-violent memento <laughs> we don't know i'm i'm going to assume <laughs> The presentation was so tranquil, it can't turn into, I can't turn into, I wish I could remember any specifics from Memento. <laughs> Don't trust Teddy, I think that's all I remember. <laughs> uh, next up is Botany Manor, um, coming out in 2023, could be March, we don't know. Um, it's about a retired botanist in a grand manor. Um, it's like a puzzle game where you are placing plants in uh, locations where they will thrive uh, the right light, the light, the right water, not getting blown on by a vent or whatever. Um, looks, uh, looks cute. Yeah, does look cute. Uh, up next is a game called Once Upon a Jester, which is out now. Uh, the premise is that you're stealing, you're scheming anyways to steal a diamond, and to do so, you have to join something called the Royal Theatrical Spectacle. And the way that that seems to play out is through like um, these two thieves participating in live theater and each it's kind of like an improv game where but not in the way that you're thinking yeah not <laughs> right which like it uh i the listeners can hear you squirming right I'm now not str- i'm not <laughs> look it is too close uh minus like the diamond uh thievery it is too close to real life right uh, for myself and Patrick, uh, if you don't, li- yep, if yep, listeners yep, don't yep. know, we, uh, you know, have done a lot of improv theater and, um, a lot of bad improv theater. And oh, yeah. this, this just felt too true to life yeah. for me to enjoy on any level. Uh, yeah, totally. And I'm also not like, and maybe just because I was cringing all the way through the, the, the trailer, but like, I can't even really tell what the gameplay is. Like, are you making choices well, the characters are improvising to like. Yeah, it looks like you're making improv choices. Uh huh. But how that affects gameplay, like whether it's a good improv choice or a bad improv choice, like I can't really tell. Right. But right. you know the the video from the uh, developers talk about how they're musicians and they wanted to capture kind of like the spirit of off the cuff and using like first takes and stuff like that. So just being a lot more casual with it. Um. But I yeah I. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just it is like looking in a mirror and I do not like what I see, Patrick. <laughs> and so this one is just not for me. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna jump on that not for me train. If if someone out there is very excited for this game or has been playing it like please let us know. Uh, I would love to have a perspective that's not just <laughs> yours and mine. Um, uh, now, up next was Rogue Legacy 2 out now. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Rogue Legacy. Yeah, uh, which I don't know that I was that familiar with the first game. But uh, so these games are like, they're a rogue-like. So it plays like a, a roguish game but with persistent upgrades that you can pass on to your heirs. So you don't like lose your progress entirely when uh, you die, but your heirs, it seems like they all have different play styles. And uh, the, the Switch release includes the Fabled Heroes update, which uh, uh, came to the game on other platforms. And it includes like a bunch of new uh, characters for you to play with, each with their own play style. Um, I think this game is really highly regarded. It and is, yes. A few folks have been playing it on the Discord, and it sounds like it's a ton of fun. And I'm sure I would love it. Um, just my recent experience with uh, roguelike games. Up next is Blanc, which is a, a console exclusive releasing February 14th, 2023. Isn't March, but thanks to COVID-19, could be delayed. Yep. Uh, it's... I we've seen this before, right? We have seen this before. Okay, yes. so uh, it's uh, what they call an emotional tale of emotional friendship between a wolf huh. cub and an emotional a fawn, wolf cub. <laughs> and an emotional fawn. Two emotional players work together and uh, simple emotional controls <laughs> and an emotional text-free story. Right. There's no emotional text in the game. <laughs> um. This game looks adorable. It does. It does look adorable. And I'm very interested in playing it. Uh, real like Fox and the Hound vibes, uh, even if uh, the Hound here or the, yeah, the Hound is a, a fawn uh-huh. um, and the Fox is a wolf. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a uh, lo- lo- looks real cute. I'm very interested in trying this one when it comes out in February, maybe March because of COVID-19. Uh, next up, there's a sizzle reel. So we saw in the sizzle reel, uh, WrestleQuest which is coming out May 2023, uh, Wobble Dogs, uh, November 9th, or 17th, Storyteller, March 23rd. Boom! There it is, right? Isn't There's that... the net, the Netflix game? No. Oh, the, the March. <laughs> the March, March 23rd. 23rd. Yeah, so Have a Nice Death, March 22nd. Uh-huh. Um, War, uh, yes, uh, World of Horror. Uh, Storyteller, March 23rd. Yes, yes. Not published by Netflix. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, World of Horror 2023, Summer 2023, uh, Curse of the Sea Rats, uh, Early 2023, and Inscription, uh, Indie Darling from last year uh, that was out on PC and other platforms, uh, is out on Switch December 1st. Now, uh, then they slow things down, not in a bad way, but just... Uh Pull just it back playing, after the sizzle reel. smooth jams uh-huh. after the sizzle reel. With uh, a little to the left, which is also out now. It's a cozy puzzle game where you're organizing household objects into satisfying arrangements. And there's like a little cat that will sometimes mess things up as cats are wont to do. And many of the puzzles have multiple solutions. I feel like this is just another really great example of uh, just kind of like a cozy mm-hmm. game that is very visually appealing that I could totally see where it's just like, oh, yeah, just like spending some time yeah, in a very relaxing game way with this game. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the partners that were uh, presenting this game, were they a, a couple? They a married it's couple? The, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if they were married, but it, it seemed like they were a couple. They were talking, living in sin. Yeah, they talked. 
they talked about, uh, you know, like sharing a house together right. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it does seem like they're in some sort of committed relationship. <laughs> uh, hey, I just don't live for labels, Patrick. No, I know, I know. But I really want to know what we're looking at. <laughs> uh, and then we end, of course, with one more thing. Guys, it's time to go. No, wait. One more thing. Sports Story has a release date or at least a release window of December 20. 23 mark still why no date uh COVID 19 baby sure COVID yeah. 19. uh why not although these things are always weird because like maybe the presentation was made before date was locked in because we've had sure. these things before where they're like uh even in N- nintendo directs where they're like february 2023 and then immediately afterwards there's like a specific date yeah. that for whatever reason isn't mentioned but sports story hey i was had kind of not given up on it but just had no expectations that it was uh, going to be released anytime soon. I really enjoyed the first golf story, and this one seems like it is blowing things up to the tenth degree with uh, golf, tennis, soccer. Plus, when you raise your rank and you can unlock other sports, including BMX, mini golf, cricket, and others. And then, in addition to that, it seems like they've added a lot of other just like activities to the world. In the presentation, they talk about kicking back at the mall, going on quest, exploring dungeons, also exploring your other passions, including becoming a detective and partaking in a bit of espionage, which, Patrick, uh, that feels right up our alley. Yeah, those are, those are uh, two of our passions, I'd say. Um, let me ask you this. Is this too much stuff? I am a little bit worried because yeah. I liked Golf Story a lot. I would say that like the, uh, it's not that... The golf just took too long, I think. Like, it was a little bloated. Looking at everything that's in here, I can definitely understand why this game was announced however many years ago, and it's taken them um, this long to have it ready. But I'm hopeful if, you know, it to me, if it feels like they can kind of, like, edit the excess, then, you know, the world of Golf Story is what made it really special. Yeah, And sure. so uh, the fact that they are building on that or seeming to be elaborating on that is really exciting if you know like the uh the pacing can keep up with it yeah my my worry is that like the golf will still feel good and like part of the role-playing game experience and then maybe also the tennis will feel that way and maybe also the soccer but like how can each one of these individual sports can they all be fun in the same way right like uh me playing a bmx game and me playing a golf game that's two different versions of me. Like, I got to turn one dude off and turn another dude on. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm sure it's, like, cute and fun, and maybe they even give you option to skip or avoid the games you don't like to play. Um, but, yeah, I just – I always kind of worry about that when it's, like, there are so many different gameplay styles in here. And it's, like, well, I don't like one of those gameplay styles. Or if I like that gameplay style so much, I would just go get a BMX game. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, totally. And, like, how do all of these things sitting next to each other – yeah. Um, how does it all like work together to be one cohesive whole? I will say the first golf story, uh, like it's very the dialogue is very Australian, which makes it very charming. Yeah. So I, I I imagine that they are keeping that up for sports story. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one, and I'm really excited that it is coming out next month. Yeah, very cool to see it get a date. Uh, like Mark was saying, it was one of you know I, I think we had three games on our like uh watch list for this uh Indie World Showcase. Um, sea of stars sports story and hollow knight silk song and it's all like kind of punchline too where it's like we're not gonna see any of those and then we saw sports story so i that, that that's rad um all right mark that was 
I'm not going to play uh, transition music, even though that's normally how I would queue it up when we're going to. There were some other things in the news last week. That's right. So uh, just yesterday, Splatoon 3 Chill Season Update was announced coming to Splatoon 3 starting on December 1st. So you'll, uh, you may recall that, at least with Splatoon 2, I don't know what the cadence was for the original game. They had updates every month. And they were smaller updates, but there'd be new weapons. You know, uh, they would, in a bigger update, they'd release a new stage. That is not the release cadence for Splatoon 3. They're doing more of a seasons model where every... Which I think is cool. I think it's cool, too. It's just a, a little bit getting used to compared to the rapid, more rapid-fire releases of Splatoon 2. So every, I think, like three months is what they've promised is a new season. So we're getting one on December 1st. Chill season includes weapons and stages, new gear, custom titles, victory emotes, stickers, and game modes. So a promises to be, and I'm sure a ton of balance updates as well. Right. Um, promises to be a big update. I've I like the name Chill Season because I like that it's kind of like holiday themed. I like it, but too. I like that it like uh, just fits the general vibe of Splatoon Three, which is just like chill baby right 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 that that it is both uh in the sort of like radical radical like 90s vernacular um and also just like yeah describing the weather and we also got just like a tiny bit more information about big run oh my gosh big run which is the uh this was teased months ago before the game's release uh which is kind of like salmon run writ large we think it was teased as like when salmonids invade the rest of the world, like outside of just the salmon run stages, uh, which very like, and presumably the main city that you're in, uh, which is is very very cool. Splat Splats Splatsville Splats Town. Why did I even try? <laughs> I, I got through the sentence without saying the name of the city, and then I went back for it. <laughs> uh, and they so in this trailer they say that Big Run is imminent, uh, and it is kind of. It seems like it's going to take place in with the Salmonids invading the Wahoo World stage later this year, which is not exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yeah. And I'm uh, also looking forward to see, like, how they introduce it in-game. Like, um, there's just something, like, narratively so interesting about, like, this thing that's normally relegated to Salmon Run is now, like, out. It, will you encounter them during Turf Wars? Is it something you can control? Do you opt into it? It, it kind of looks like uh, in the game that, like, next to Grizzco, there's a part that's gated off right now. And in the trailer, it looks like that is no longer gated. Mm. And so you might go, like, down or you enter through there or whatever. But, like you are saying, it will. I will be super interested to see how they present this i'm hoping it's kind of like a splatfest like takeover yeah where when you go into splatland splatsville <laughs> we know the splatlands are, are something uh, right i think it's splatsville okay uh that you know the the entire world looks affected by it i think will be very fun also x battles another thing that was promised uh before the game's release and splatsville yes splatsville so yeah. x x battles are coming as part of chill season uh, they require players to reach an elite rank in Anarchy Battles, and uh, then you can open up X Battles. You risk X power to challenge you know, your way up the leaderboards. Um, they debut on December 1st alongside with three new weapons, a new roller, a new charger, and a new shooter, and 10 returning weapons from previous Splatoon games, including some with modified sets. Uh, the uh, X... 
X battles, X, X power, and, and all of that, uh, I will not be engaging with. I don't play anarchy battles yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, I In Splatoon 2, I did some of those game modes, but um, I am, like I've said multiple times on this episode alone, not super great at Turf War and even worse at like those, uh, uh, I think they called them pro battles in Splatoon 2, but right. I haven't even like checked it out. Rainmaker or uh, it's not a capture of the flag. It's the, the tower one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, additional stages are being added. So uh, an entirely new stage, Brinewater Springs, and then Flounder Heights from the first Splatoon game is returning as well. Uh, so pretty cool. Uh, a, a, a nice like set of things, and we won't have to wait too long. Uh, December 1st is uh, outrageously just like two weeks away. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I am, I'm super excited for Big Run and seeing exactly how that works. Yeah, me too. I mean, I also like new stages. I, I, think, I think it's all very cool. Also, this past week, a Nintendo and DNA form announced the formation of a new joint venture company called Nintendo Systems for the purpose of enhancing, quote, the digitization of Nintendo's businesses. Which I just got to stop us there because, like, in what way is Nintendo's business not already digitized? <laughs> like, they make video games. This is the same thing as the uh, Nintendo uh, Pictures making uh, visual content content yeah uh, using Ninten nintendo ip um j just a uh, the, the the language around all of this is very funny to me. well uh speaking of which we have another entry in great moments in copywriting uh from the press release quote with the integrated hardware software model at the core of its business nintendo also strives to provide enhanced experience and service outside of its dedicated gaming system <laughs> In order to provide this experience in a holistic manner, Nintendo is working to maintain and expand its relationship with consumers, primarily through Nintendo account. Okay, so what we're getting here, Mark, is maybe just improved online services? Yeah, that. so Nintendo in the past, uh, at like investor Q&As and all that kind of stuff, has talked about the importance of Nintendo accounts. Um, and I they haven't expressly said this, but I think part of it is kind of like, platform loyalty and lock-in right like mm -hmm. if you have a nintendo account you there is a way for nintendo to message you to like send you emails like keep you engaged plus you have a nintendo account so you are probably buying things on the nintendo eShop, which means when the next console comes out there you maybe feel more of a like loyalty or a reason to get that next you know like uh nintendo console right well and all of that becomes i think more interesting just as like Nintendo tries to figure out their place moving forward. Like you and I have talked about this before that like you can only make switches so much more powerful before it doesn't make like economic or like ergonomic sense to be a, a handheld. Right. Um, so like one way that they can really improve what the, the system is offering is to improve what the service is offering. Um, and you know, on, on the services front, I think the Nintendo switch online, um, uh, subscription and like the expansion pass is uh, a pretty good. I think you get a lot of cool stuff, um, a lot of NES, Super NES, Genesis, and Nintendo 64 games. Um, but I think they need a way to get more and more varied stuff um, out to people like that. Um, that isn't just software, right? Um, so I, that, I think this is going to be all about that and sort of unifying it um, across, like why not give you the ability to, if you're subscribed to Nintendo Switch Online, to play those NES games on your phone or on uh, your computer or whatever? 
we know that uh, the the NES controller for um, Switch can be Bluetooth synced to your computer or to your phone. Um, so you know why not like lean into that as another way to access those services? Yeah, and I think it's interesting to see Nintendo continue to, especially where they are at right now, in one uh, kind of like market strength, but two how they've just reiterated this intention to kind of like expand the reach of Nintendo IP Mm -hmm. uh, intellectual property and um, just to kind of like see these things at work because, you know, uh, Nintendo pictures, which you just talked about to make visual content, but they teamed with uh, people who make, you know, like uh, cutscenes for games and have done some anime production, like things like that, but not necessarily one of Nintendo's core strengths. Here, another area, Nintendo partnering with another company to create this kind of like new entity that um, presumably fuses the DNA of DNA, the company, Mm -hmm. and like Nintendo uh, to, I think, like in an ideal world, leverage leverage the strength of the two to create something that is uniquely Nintendo, but focused on an area that Nintendo has previously not been very strong and just like you know doesn't have the uh um institutional knowledge like you know they they just don't have the experience they're toy makers they're game makers they are not great services yeah yeah uh, totally creators like it if if you are you know enmeshed in like the playstation ecosystem or uh, the xbox ecosystem you know they all have like very active apps that are like on the phone like you can uh buy games from their respective apps you can uh send people invites through their respective apps the uh it's easy to um you know party up with people and like play games together or you know even just like uh do like a sort of spectator mode um you know all of these things that like nintendo sort of does but not very well and not very easily um you know like uh you can use nintendo switch online to watch someone play um uh, an nes game but like you know you can't do that with like kirby and the forgotten land for example um but like you know why not uh why why not have it so that i can watch you play um you know, or you can watch me play uh, Persona 5 Royal. I don't know why I switched it from me watching to you watching. <laughs> <laughs> I decided I wanted to be more active in that one. But, you know, like the, there's uh, there are services that other platforms are taking advantage of that Nintendo uh, isn't isn't and isn't offering um, that uh, this maybe will bring about that change. And, you know, may, maybe it'll be uh, like kind of smaller incremental uh, idiosyncratic kind of stuff. Yeah, which I guess, is sort of what I expect. Yeah, my expe- I, I I am the same. I, my expectation is that whatever ends up coming of this will be like uniquely Nintendo and yes. not necessarily just like uh, copying features that already exist on other platforms. God, I would love for it to be both, though. <laughs> like, really, I I would love for them to uh, just like catch up to uh, the services offered by uh, Microsoft and um, Sony, and then do some like crazy Nintendo twist on it. If the company name DNA sounds familiar to you, it's because they've been Nintendo's development partner on a lot of their mobile offerings. So Super Mario Run, Fire Emblem Heroes, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, Mario Kart Tour, Mitomo, and Pokemon Masters have all been collaborations between Nintendo and DNA. Finally, or not finally, 
uh, Nintendo financial results. The episode's not quite three yeah, hours that's long right, yet. That's right. We got to keep going. Uh, so just uh, two kind of like small things that I wanted to point out from Nintendo's pre uh, financial results release and Q&A last week. One, uh, they reiterated that there are currently still no plans for a price hike on Nintendo Switch hardware at the moment. Which and, is nice. And then uh, second, they just noted that Nintendo has shipped over 77 million Amiibo. Okay, so I looked it up, and evidently there are 190 different Amiibo currently uh, in print. And this does not include any of the Amiibo cards, so I wonder if this number includes Amiibo cards. But this 77 million Amiibo sold worldwide, or shipped worldwide, um, implies that each Amiibo sold, has sold an average of 400,000. Which I, I guess I don't really have anything to compare it to with like other toys or similar products, but that seems like a lot it to me. It seems like a ton. Like yeah. how many Luigi Amiibos can you sell? <laughs> Luigi catching strays over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there are, I mean, there are definitely some, and I don't want to point any fingers, but have, that have probably sold less than mm -hmm. others. And I'm guessing that, you know, there are also some that are just like really limited run. It seems like the, like, the Smash ones that have come out of late uh it seems like they're smaller runs like i don't know it if does they, seem like they... that i don't know if there's that much demand for them yeah but um yeah d definitely interesting to get that update anyways 77 million um also on uh no plans for a, a price hike on the nintendo switch isn't that sort of what the uh oled model is well yes and so i think um but I guess more the question is in direct response to kind of right. like inflationary pressures. Right. We've seen, I think, both Xbox and uh, uh, PlayStation outside of the United States have adjusted prices based on the strength of the dollar. And, and the MetaQuest went up 100 bucks as well. MetaQuest 2. Right. So I, I think that's what they're asking about specifically. Um and and the uh I think the the uh PlayStation VR two is also another thing that like its price point is five hundred fifty dollars uh, when it comes out February next year not March but uh uh that is another one where it's like that's more expensive than the unit that it is required to it, like more expensive than the PlayStation yeah. five it really makes you wonder if there is new Nintendo hardware coming next year which I personally believe there is like I like what to expect. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would honestly, I, I think it's going to be based in whatever these, uh, the, the services that they're uh, going to be cranking out with, with, with DNA. I think that's got to be the heart of it. Um, and no, I don't know what that means. But oh. also, and, sorry, just on, on the subject of, of price hikes um, and uh, using PSVR2 as like sort of a, a, a bellwether, I think that's just what new hardware is going to cost now. Like, um, I think the uh, demand for uh, gaming hardware has been like so high for, for so long. Um, and the price has been like artificially deflated. Because um, like, you know, a PlayStation 5 when it came out, less expensive than a PlayStation 3 when it came out. So like, how can that be with, uh, you know, 15 years of inflation between uh, one and the next? And it's because they, they are making it up on the back end with uh, software and services and stuff. But I just, I, I think we're now caught up to, like, that's not enough anymore. Um, and that, like, they can't sell these things at a loss. Well, and, you know, like, historically, Nintendo is loath to sell yeah. hardware at a loss. Also, Nintendo, you know, this generation's 
uh, sitting at a sixty dollars price point in the U.S. for its first party yeah. titles. When do that? When does that go up to seventy? Do you think next generation? Do you think you know like at what? Because yeah. that feels like it also has to give at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, po- possibly next generation, which I still don't think is happening till twenty twenty five. Uh, also yesterday, the Game Award announced their nominations. Um, bold of them, uh, to hold their Game Award on December 8th, the same day as the Cardies, the Nintendo Cartridge Society Awards. Um, but they do have their nominees. I have to say, uh, the way that they've decided to stylize some of these this year, I think are very, it's very, um funny to me what do you mean well like so instead of being like best fighting game uh it's just best fighting right so or, they just drop the game yeah so but it just makes it f- the funniest one is best family <laughs> yeah instead of best family game now it's just the mitchells be- <laughs> now it's just best family um but uh nintendo had some uh nominations some surprising ones honestly like uh, xenoblade chronicles 3 for best game of the year uh, and best music and score, best action game Bayonetta three, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. There are obviously other games in these categories. I just wanted to highlight those that are uh, from uh, or like you know heavily featured on Nintendo platforms. Yeah, that's right. Uh, best, Switch, I guess. Best best role playing, Live Alive, Pokemon's Legend Arceus, Triangle Strategy, and Xenoblade Chronicles three. A great showing from the Switch, frankly. Um, that uh, three of those are exclusive, and then Triangle Strategy was a big part of um you know nintendo's mark or nintendo and square's marketing best family um ellers mitchell just kidding uh kirby and the forgotten land lego star wars the skywalker saga mario plus rabbit sparks of hope and nintendo switch sports and splatoon 3 so 80 percent of those games published by nintendo (laughs) like like normal nintendo pretty much runs the category with best family, uh, best multiplayer, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. And then most anticipated, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, also uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, yep. Uh, and, and again, all of this will happen uh, on uh, December 8th. You can go to the Game Awards website to vote on these things if you are so interested we of course will be holding our own uh ncs cartridge society uh awards on that exact same day we don't have a website set up for anyone to vote on anything uh but stay tuned to see how you can participate in the awards this year and then finally uh the results from last week's splatfest where the options were all about pokemon starters and grass type water type fire type um, at the midway point, it was incredibly close. So in terms of clout, Team Water had the slimmest of leads with 34.95%, then Team Grass with 32.85%, and Team Fire with 32.20%. But in the final results, uh, Team Water ran away with it handily. It's a clean sweep, clean sweep. Uh, zero points for Team Grass, zero points for Team Fire, and 45 points for Team Water, making it the runaway overall winner. Uh, which Mark, that would have been the team that I joined. <laughs> if, if only I had joined a team. If only. I uh, credit their success to me not playing. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. 
That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, share it. Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're sharing stuff. We appreciate it when you do. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nin Cart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. <laughs>